Welcome to the Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association, helping sales-focused professionals discover new tools, trends, and strategies. Please welcome your host, Bill Bannum. In the November episode, we'll be looking at emotional intelligence, engagement, and creating a culture of high performance. Our guest today is Kristen Holcourt. Toronto-based Kristen is a business coach, speaker, and workplace disruptor. For the last 10 years, Kristen has consulted with hundreds of organizations in various industries, helping them create more positive and productive workplaces. Her specialities include talent management, leadership development, organizational wellness, team effectiveness, and performance management. For sales professionals, team leaders, and organizations across the country, the Canadian Professional Sales Association is your partner in building knowledge and skills to improve sales performance. The CPSA is the advocate for excellence in sales. We invest resources in programming, curriculum development, and professional designations to help individuals and companies become more successful through effective sales. We connect employers and employees, business with academia, and the private sector with government to advance the sales profession and improve Canadian competitiveness. Learn more at cpsa.com. And remember to subscribe to the CPSA podcast through iTunes, Google Play, and more. Kristen Harcourt, welcome to the November Sales Pro Chat Show. Great to be here. So this is a pretty interesting topic we're talking about this month, emotional intelligence, engagement, and creating a culture of high performance. So let's jump straight in because we've got lots to chat about. You work with individuals in a corporate setting who want to be more intentional, productive, self-aware, and purpose-driven in their careers. Tell me about some of the approaches that you take to achieve this. One of the things I find is a lot of times people are being a little bit more reactive in their lives as opposed to proactive. So they're just an autopilot. So they haven't really taken a step back to be fully intentional around, you know, what do they want in their life? What do they want in their career? What career is going to be really aligned with their values, their natural talents, their strengths, um, the type of organization that's also going to be aligned with a, a culture fit where they can do their best work. So I really help people to take a step back and be more self-aware around what they want, specifically to them, because it's unique to each individual, and then in turn, really find work, uh, both career and organizations that are going to be aligned with that. Okay. Now, if you don't mind, can you try and explain a little bit about what is, for those people who don't know, but what is emotional intelligence and why does it matter? So to get into more, you know, the technical um, in terms of the emotional con- uh, intelligence competencies, it's looking at both your um, how you regulate yourself and then how you interact with others. So emotional intelligence is really capturing yourself in terms of self-awareness, having an accurate self-assessment of yourself and confidence. Then it's your self-management, so your ability to have self-control, transparency, adaptability, um, to achieve an an initiative. And then it's about in terms of how you interact with others, so your social awareness, so your ability to have empathy, organizational awareness, and service orientation. And then the last one would be your relationship management. So also within the social sphere, um, are you an inspirational leader? How do you develop others and influence? Are you a change catalyst? 
How do you deal with conflict? How do you build? How do you build bonds? And how do you work effectively with a team and a collab and, and collaborate? And what I think this is just so critical because when you look at what actually happens in organizations, um, there's such an emphasis on the technical skills and you know having the experience, having the abilities. But it, when it really comes to the day to day and getting the work done, it's really that emotional intelligence and your ability to uh, be aware of your emotions and how you react and how you show up at work, and then also how you're impacting the people around you, um, because we're people and we work with. With people and we have to interact day in and day out with people. Um, so I really think emotional intelligence is critical for success. Okay, so now let's focus more on emotional intelligence and how it impacts the, the client or the uh, prospect relationship. So how can emotional intelligence help client-focused professionals better engage and relate to their prospects and customers? Mm-hmm. So I think when you talk about emotional intelligence and, and connecting with others in terms of clients, it's uh, we talked a little bit about empathy. It's also seeing things from the client's perspective and, and walking in their shoes. So when you talk about, um, especially when we're looking at something like sales, it's about understanding your customer and their pain points and their experiences and what their life looks like. So it's not about coming into them and saying, hey, here's my solution. This is what you need. It's about really understanding their needs, their unique situation, um, what the, what their struggles are, what they experience in a day-to-day basis, and then being able to offer a solution. When you come at it from that perspective, um, that individual individual feels much more connected and engaged with you because you're really listening to understand. So um, especially when we talk about something like sales, um, one of the big um, kind of turnoffs or problems or challenges I sometimes see with sales pros is um, their ability to not only with the empathy, but also to really, really listen and listen to understand, not listen to come back with a response, but to fully be engaged and create space for that client and understand their situation. And then also be paying attention to that individual in terms of from a communication perspective. It's not just what they say, it's what they don't say, their tone of voice, their body language, how they're interacting. Do they look excited and engaged or do they look really bored and not engaged and not really, um, you know, not really bought in or excited about what you're saying? So I think those can all have a huge impact on how you really relate and connect with that client. Why is it important to create a culture of engagement, Kristen? What does it bring to keeping salespeople all rowing in the same direction? So if you think about engagement and people coming into work and doing this, um, everyone's looking to really grow and and reach their full potential. So as any salesperson, they're going to be at different levels and they're not going to be in the same place in, in terms of their journey and, and their sales career. But it's helping them understand their strengths, their developmental areas, their gap, and create an environment where they can really grow and develop and get better at what they do. And um, where they need to grow and where they need to de- develop is going to be unique for each individual. So it's also about that leader understanding that so that they can be um, continuously um, developing and getting real-time feedback and, and creating an environment as well where there's connection because it's not just uh, we're, we're not just individuals that want to go into a workplace and it's just about us. We also want to work together and connect with the team. So it's also about 
creating an environment where that whole team can do their work, uh, their best work together. And that's also about having the bigger purpose and the vision. So if you think about, you know, that organization and its goals and whatever you're trying to, to sell and, and do with the, your, your organization, it's helping all of those people in the team understand how they're connected to that bigger goal, that bigger vision, that bigger purpose, so that every day they feel like they're impacting that. Because people want to have meaning in their work. They want to feel like they're making a difference, that they're having an impact. So the more people can feel connected to that bigger mission, the more engaged they're going to be. And then also in terms of themselves and um, helping them to be able to grow, that's going to really keep them more engaged as well. Uh, how does an emotional intelligence play into leadership? So how can being being in tune with one's sales team's motivations uh, trickle down and create a culture of high performance? Yeah, so I think when you look at, um, at leaders, one of the big things for leaders is, first of all, understanding each individual on their team, that they have different needs, different talents, different strengths, different gaps, um, and understanding that unique individual and coaching along those lines. Um, the other thing that I think is critical for a leader, and I'm really glad to see more organizations are embracing this, is really helping leaders to be more authentic and vulnerable and show up as themselves, which means that's sharing in their failures and because they are human, just like anybody else, and uh, sometimes things don't go well. Sometimes they make mistakes and acknowledging those mistakes and what they've learned through those mistakes, that's actually empowering your team and your employees to also learn through their failures because if you think about innovation disruption and where real meaningful change happens it, it does happen through trying new things and experimenting so giving them space to do that um, i think it's about being transparent and communicating um, effectively to your team um, making sure that the team is about we not about us so it's not about you you, you um, think about sometimes with managers it's like I'm the manager you're the individual that's reporting into me it's not about that it's like we're all here to do this together I'm here as your leader to empower you to do your best work and to serve you as a leader so it's it's about really um handling it from that perspective and, and having your teams back and knowing that you have their back and that you're in it with them as opposed to like I'm the leader over here you're over there doing your thing and there's this disconnect and connections not built through that trust isn't built through that so I'm a big believer and this is again connected to the emotional intelligence leaders showing up authentically as who they are and all of who they are, which is their full humanness. Um, and the more they can do that, the more the team really truly connects and believes in them and believes that that leader is, is really there, to, has their best interest and, and really wants to work together collaboratively, collaboratively as a group to, to make good things happen. Which is a lovely lead in to the next question. Uh, how important is it to the success of a sales department to hire sales pros who genuinely authentic, authentic, who genuinely relate to the employer brand, who, who really do get what the what the brand stands for, and they they are there for the right reasons. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it, it's a win win, and it's it's not a good situation when you're not you're not hiring people who authentically believe in it because. 
um, when they're client facing and, and they're with customers, they can see through that. Um, and when you have individuals who truly believe in the employer brand and they're behind it and that adds meaning and purpose for them, um, you can't fake that. It comes through in all that you do. And the individual is naturally more engaged and excited to be at work because they are so excited about the employer brand and what, what they stand behind and what they're doing and, and why it's so important. And when you have individuals who don't believe in that, um, to me, that's not, it's not a culture fit. And I'm not trying to say they're not, I, I'm, I'm a big believer in disruption. So I'm not trying to say that they should come in and like drink the Kool-Aid and can't ever disrupt and say like, here's some ways of doing things differently. Um, I don't believe in that. I think it's good to have people who come in and shake things up. Um, so employer brands can also be um, constantly evolving, but somebody who really is not on board with the, the organization, the values, the, myth, the mission, the purpose, they're, they're not going to be able to do their best work and they're not going to be able to um, be as effective in terms of client facing and, and getting other clients on board because it, it always comes through when, when they're inauthentic. Well, let's just look at that a little bit more for a moment. Uh, what are some of the pitfalls of hiring the wrong talent? Yeah, there's lots of pitfalls. Um, so I, I think it can happen in a lot of different ways. So sometimes um, not hiring the right talent can be literally hiring someone who um, was a strong performer in another area and then bringing them into sales as an example. And they're just not the right fit for sales. And we've talked about some of those qualities, you know, people who do, do have that strong resiliency that can deal with rejection day in, day out, that can come up with creative solutions, that can listen really, really well to customers um, and constantly be pushing themselves to achieve greater results. And not everyone's built to do that. Not everyone is is, is meant to be a salesperson and that's okay. That's And, and some people will tell you, I don't wanna do sales. Um, but there are some people that get into it and for, for different reasons and they don't necessarily have the, the right talent skills to do it. Um, so I don't think that's that's good for the organization. They've made the wrong hire. Um, I would also say there should be more emphasis on not just looking at the skills in terms of, you know, hiring a, a new salesperson that perhaps hit their numbers, but looking at more things around the emotional intelligence and measuring that because if you look at culture and, and toxic environments, I've seen organizations where they have hired a, you know, a star performer in terms of hitting the numbers, but at the cost, a very high cost. So individuals that were very tough to lead, um, colluded the rest of the team, didn't work very, very well with the, the rest of the team, very ego driven. Those individuals can be very hard to, to, to manage, to lead. And not only do they impact the rest of the sales team, they impact the clients that they're meeting with. And then they also impact other people in the organization. We know that sales is not just in a silo. They're working closely with marketing. They're working with uh, project management. They're working with customer development. They're working with lots of other areas of the organization. So when you hire someone who's not the right fit, there's so many intangibles um, that are very costly to the organization. So I'm a big believer in spending more time up front to make sure it is the right person as opposed to getting them in and then realizing they're gone. It, it's very costly to, that they're wrong and then letting them go. It's very costly to the organization. And an another way perhaps to avoid 
costly mistakes is to get proactive, not reactive. So how can companies have timely conversations with their sales employees and, and therefore develop top sales talent? So I'd say first would be the, the we were just talking about is making sure up front you're getting the right people. Um, then I would say making sure that you have the right leaders in place, because if you get top talent, high potential, high performers, and you don't have the right leaders, they're not going to stay with your organization. Um, and then another thing that goes back to the leaders again is, uh, and I see this way too often, um, you know, individuals, so first of all, they might have gone into leadership because they were amazing star performer as an individual contributor, but they don't have the skills to be able to lead. So making sure you're getting the right sales people then into leadership, but then also helping leaders um, around coaching and making sure that they're giving real-time feedback because people can get so into like so into the weeds, they're doing the job and, you know, okay, everything's everyone's hitting their numbers, but they're not... Um, having the coaching conversations, they're not continuing to talk about growth. It's not just about, okay, things are going well, but still, what could you, what do you need more of? What do you need to grow? So, and, and sometimes there can be um, some conflict associated with having real-time feedback. It's not just about, I do think giving recognition is important. So giving positive recognition um, and acknowledging that consistently, but then also making sure that you're giving constructive feedback around uh, ways that an individual can grow. And I find a lot of leaders, whether that be sales leaders or any area of the organization, um, can shy away from having some of those difficult conversations. What are the benefits for a company's bottom line by ensuring that leaders are better equipped and more aware of their team members' strengths, blind spots, values, purpose, and their professional goals? I mean, it has a huge impact. I would say it really impacts everything that you'd want in an organization in terms of the bottom line. When you when you have the right leaders, you're going to have increased productivity. You're going to have improved customer service because now you're going to have individuals who are more emotionally intelligent and they know how to relate to individuals. You're going to have retention of your top performers. You're going to have increased employee satisfaction and engagement. You're going to have profitability. Um, and another thing people don't think about sometimes is you're also going to have reduced sick days and healthcare costs because you're going to have individuals who are fully engaged, they're in flow, they're enjoying their work, so and they have that, that resilience, they have a stronger mindset. So you're not going to have people who are, you know, going off on, you know, short-term leave or, or sometimes even long-term leave because they are overwhelmed. So it has a huge impact on the individual's well-being as well. Okay, wonderful. We're coming towards the end of this particular interview. Uh, just a couple more questions. Firstly, kind of as a recap of what we've spoken about today, what are your top two or three tips to help salespeople and sales leaders live more courageously and tap into their full potential? Yeah, so I would say um, the, 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 the first one is spend more time on, on self-awareness and reflecting and really thinking about where you are and where you want to go. Um, so I talk about this all the time when I'm in my coaching. It's around, um, you know, where are you right now and where do you want to be? If you're in this area of your life, like you think about career and as a salesperson, you see yourself at a five and you want to be at a 10, what do you need to do to get to a 10 so that you can start thinking about those specific actions you need to take? So it's being aware of those things that we've been talking about, like what are your strengths so that you can leverage those even more and make sure you are doing work that's connected to that. If you're doing work day in, day out, that's not connected to your natural talents and strengths, and it's always 
about using your gaps in areas that feel completely uncomfortable for you day in, day out, you're probably not in the right job. Um, so it's now an opportunity to make a change. Um, and then it's, so then it's really understanding like what are those strengths and to leverage those more, what are those gaps and to get stronger and to be always thinking about ways that you can grow and be asking the people around you like to be getting feedback. I, I love organizations that invest in 360s because when I was talking about the emotional intelligence, I said, it's not just um, being self-aware, it's accurate self-awareness because some people will be like, oh yeah, I'm really self-aware. I know what I'm doing. Like, I'm great. And then you ask the team or colleagues or that person's leader and they're like, uh, no, there's a bit of a disconnect there. So um, to be vulnerable and courageous and ask, how am I doing? How can I improve? You know, you have these performance reviews, these annual performance reviews, which I'm not a big, I think it should be, it shouldn't just be waiting to the end of the year. You need to be having real-time feedback. But as a leader, be asking your team, not just be telling them what they can do to get better, asking them, what can I do better as a leader? How can I support you better? What do you need more of from me? And an individual contributors can be doing that as well. And if it feels a little bit more vulnerable to do that in the workplace, they can start off by just even doing that with family and friends and start getting more comfortable with having that kind of, kind of conversation and asking people um, what, what, they, what they need more of from them and how they could improve and or even asking them what do you see as, as my talents and things that I can do even better and because sometimes uh, individuals don't have a strong self-awareness so the more that people can spend time investing in themselves and do more of the inside work and to not be always reactive and be more proactive the more fulfilled the more engaged the more productive that they're going to be um, and they're going to be able to do work that really allows them to, to, to be able to use those natural gifts and talents that they have. Okay, awesome. As, as always, excellent tips and advice from you there. Thank you very much. Uh, just finally, how can our listeners learn more about you? Mm, yeah, thanks. So um, I'm pretty active on social media. So you can find me. I'm always hanging out on LinkedIn or Twitter or Facebook under Kristen Harcourt. Oh, Instagram too. I love Instagram. And, uh, and then you can also find me at my website, which is just Kristen Harcourt. Perfect. So that just leads me to say, Kristen Harcourt, thank you for being our guest on the Sales Pro Chat show today. Thank you for having me. And until next time, listeners, happy selling. Thank you for listening to Sales Pro Chat Podcast, brought to you by the Canadian Professional Sales Association.